Have you heard about the Tower of Light series? It's a wonderful biblical fictional series that parents and children love. And the Tower of Light audio player helps children who struggle with their reading. Today, Alan Brocken shares many resources he offers to help children in a fun and engaging way learn about God's Word. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I am excited to have Alan Brocken on the show today, and he's a teacher at heart, a husband, and a father. He began writing the Towers of Light series for his own children to help him illustrate the deep truths of the Bible in an engaging and age-appropriate way. He's dedicated 18 years to volunteer roles in children's ministry and youth development. Now that his children are off to college, he's telling stories and sharing clean humor on social media and through his blog. Welcome, Alan. Hey, great to be here. I'm super excited. Well, Alan, please tell us a bit about yourself and why you decided to write the Towers of Light series. So I'm a father of three that are actually now all grown, like uh, 18 to 23 is the ages now. But when my kids were, you know, say five to 11, I started a job traveling for work all the time. And that was tough because it was a demanding job. Travel schedules were horrible. You know, I might have 14 hours of work in and finally get to call home. And I call my kids and I'd be like, hey, kids, how you doing? And they'd say, what'd you do today, daddy? And I had nothing like I, I had just like work and everything in life. I just I'd run out of words for my kids. And so I, I had to do something for them. And so then one night I, when when I just didn't have anything else to say, my son was talking about Sparkle Frog, his little stuffed animal. And, uh, and, and I said, and then what happened? And he told me a story. And then I kept just doing that. I'd say, and then what happened? And that worked really well. But that only lasted about a week. And then he caught, caught on to what I was doing. And he's like, no, daddy, you tell me what happened. So I knew I had to do something. I had to do something for my kids. And so anyway, I started just sketching out little stories. First thing in the morning, I do my, my quiet time, my devotions. And I was reading A.W. Tozer at the time. And it was really deep theological stuff. And I'm like, I'd love to be able to talk, talk to my kids about this. But it was hard for me to understand some of it. And so I just started to kind of weave those ideas into this story for my kids. And over time, you know, they gave me a lot of feedback and they said, no, daddy, that's not how it goes a lot. But in the end, we ended up with the first book in the series, Light of Mine, came, kind of came out of that. And then over time, I had this vision of a larger series. And now I have, you know, series, audiobooks, workbooks, things like that to help Christian families with their kids. And you also have a little recorder or what is that? Yeah. Can yeah. you explain what that is? Yeah. What I have here is the Pathway Audio Player. And so what this player does is it it's basically an MP3 player, but it's locked down to the content on it. And part of the reason we decided to make this device available to families was that our own children had challenges reading. And so when my son was, you know, I think he was nine, maybe it was just hard. It was really hard. So we had to basically read to him while he followed along on the page for him to sort of build that skill. I mean, it was a good two year period where he just really it, it took a lot of work. And with a homeschooling mom, three kids, there was no way she was going to read everything to him. So we spent a lot, of, quite frankly, a lot of money on like audible.com for these audiobooks for him to listen to. And then when we put ours out, I realized just how expensive it was. And so I was able to partner with the Mega Voice Audio Bible Company to make these lockdown players that have the stuff on it much more cost effective than if you go online to download it. But then what we found is uh, families really like it because it's not a screen, right? 
you know, if you had audible.com on your smartphone, well, there's also games, there's internet, there's stuff, there's distractions, right? And so, you know, kind of one of the taglines I think about it is it's kind of like discipleship without distractions. It's something that helps a struggling reader to overcome that. And whether, and we actually, not just our content, but we also provide audio Bibles just because I know even if you have a, a more easy to read version like the NLT for a child, if they're struggling with reading, it's hard for them to get into their Bible time doing that. And so by having these players, we're able to help children connect better with God's word. I love that. I think it's it's great. I'm so happy you did that. There's a lot of children out there that do struggle to read and some that have dyslexia and there's no screen. So I think it's a win-win. Yeah, I'm so glad you did that because your series is really, it's a beautiful series. It's in-depth. You have a lot of books, you have a lot of stuff to share and you have resources to help the kids. But go ahead and tell us why is your series different from other Christian children's series? How, how has your series helped to draw children closer to Christ also? So I think one of the things is it, it gets tricky as a Christian author to to write a fantastic story that's not necessarily preaching. Like, I think if you've been in the Christian market a lot, you've run into these things that all of a sudden there's a sermon right in the middle of a story that didn't quite make sense. And so one of the things I worked really hard on these stories was to have sort of realistic conversations a child might have about their faith or about what their parents taught them about faith or that kind of stuff. And really focused on when in doubt, they would go back to, you know, we call it the good book because it's an allegory. It's a, it's a fantastical story. So, so there is this, you know, we got to go back to the good book to find out what's true and right and to sort of unravel the mystery of what's going on. That's a lot of the story, but it's one of those things, you know, that part of my life, I went to this Baptist church that there was always an altar call at the end of the, end of the evening. And, you know, there was always that exposition of, of that. And I, I think that's important, but not every story has a logical place to put that. Just that it's just not true that every possible story you would tell, you can fit it in that it makes sense in the plot. It, it makes sense to the story. But it's been amazing to me where God has put it on my heart to do that kind of thing, that kind of call to call to Jesus, call to repentance. And so there are a couple of books where that's a key theme for a character. And in the fourth book, Armor of God, I was actually like struck by, I had a character that I intended to be sort of this irredeemable bad guy. Like that was like their role in the plot. And God really put it on my heart that there's there was an opportunity to redeem that person. But the person in the story, it, like explaining Jesus is a five-year-old. And like, how does a five-year-old explain Jesus to somebody, right? Like, like what does that look like? And so I had to, I had, it was a stretch for me as a writer to really put that into the terms that a five-year-old might do. And so that that's the thing. There's a lot of gospel in it, but there's also a lot of fan, fantastic stuff. And I'd say the big thing that, make, you know, if you take it, take all the scripture bit out for just a second, talk about the story, it's unique in that it's, it's a fantasy story set in like the 1800s, right? So it's, it's on the frontier. The way I describe it to some people is if you're familiar with Little House on the Prairie, what if Laura Ingalls picked up the armor of God? So she's got the helmet of salvation on so she can go attack the, the forces of darkness. That's a different story. I don't, I don't know anybody else writing what I'll call prairie punk, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's its own thing. And it resonates. Like kids love it. And I think the stuff in the new workbook that goes with Armor of God might, might be the thing for that. But anyway, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when, when we put the curriculum together that goes with it, one of the things we wanted to do was keep that also sort of multimedia. So we have, you, you should listen to the stories while you're doing it, right? You've got that option. 
but also there are like craft things, things to build, things that go along with the story and that kind of stuff. And so all of that makes it kind of unique. I don't I don't know of another fantasy series that's taken this sort of multimedia approach to both language arts and discipleship. Yes. What age group is your books geared towards? So the books are third to sixth grade from a reading level. Like they're they're a strong third, like the there's a company called Lexile that scores things for schools. And so it's a strong third, fourth grade from just a raw reading level. But the characters in the story are from five to twelve, like the main characters. And because of that, it's actually a great family read aloud. And, and that was what part of the, the stories were. And so the story cycles through the points of view of those three children. And so there, there, there's a lot of stuff to resonate with kids of all ages. And the other thing is it, it's written with a bit of complexity for those older children. And I've got, you know, it's funny about that is I've got a group of 16 to 25 year old young women that like these books because they're fantastic without the kissing. But at the same time, I can have a five, five to seven year old enjoy it because there's silly hijinks that happen with the animals and there's little cute things that go along that they can they can relate to. Yeah. Towers of Light series. It's a great series. And briefly, can you tell us what do you do as a homeschool resource developer? So I think we really just focus on how do we provide these multimedia you know, experiences and everything we've done so far is disconnected. That is, it's offline. It's something that, you know, we have a lot of parents that want to get away from the iPad. We want to get away from computers and things like that. But there is a fair number of parents, like we sent out a survey to a bunch of parents that had tried our, our offline curriculum that had said, hey, a, an online version wouldn't be bad for them. Like for their purposes, online might be okay. And so we're actually, as a developer, we're actually looking to develop a curriculum platform that is sort of more digital just because we have parents that want that. Well, I hope our parents and our listeners will go to your website. We'll have the links to your website and how they can contact you and, and get the Towers of Light series because it's an excellent series. I'm so thankful that you have written this series, that you listened to God's calling and, and knew that there was a need with your children because there's a lot of fathers out there that are busy. They're busy, busy bees, and they probably, maybe they haven't stepped out to the calling as you have. So I'm so thankful you that you have done that. Is there any new projects or anything else you'd like to share before we close? Well, I'm really excited about a couple things that are coming out. One of our, our, our minor characters is a kitten called Meow Meow. And so we're coming out with a picture book sometime next year. Meow Meow Milks the Cow. So it was it was a part of the story I had to take out because it just didn't fit the plot, but it's a great book. And then I'm also working on a, a the, this series ends. So in November, book six in the Towers of Light series comes out. And so then next year, I will start a new series that's more of a chapter book story. And the tentative title, so I don't know that this is how this is going to work out, but it's called Logan's Search for the Fruits of the Spirit. And it's basically about a boy trying to find, he, he thinks the fruits of the spirit are real fruit. And he's trying to find them. <laughs> oh, Alan, thank you. Uh, thank you again for being on the show and for writing this wonderful series. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.